0: You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM Coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current, and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively. Get to know who God is, why we're here, and where we're going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Carmelina Vicino, and today we have David Maxwell joining us from Launceston for his series Are You Listening? Welcome David.
1: Carmelina, how are you today?
0: I am doing well. It's a bit of a muggy day here in Hobart, but how's Lancaster right. at the moment?
1: Not too bad. It's a little cool, overcast, but it's nice.
0: Yeah, winter's definitely here.
1: It's, it's, it's here early.
0: It's here early, as usual, in Tassie. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. But anyway, we have another series of your, or oh, we have another episode um, of your Are You Listening um, series. So, each time you've been starting with a different proverb for our listeners, what do you have for us today?
1: Yeah, thanks, Carmelina. Today, I'm going backwards a little bit to Proverbs chapter 3. Now, we we pretty much started in Proverbs chapter 3, but I'm just going back to the beginning of Proverbs chapter 3. There's a couple of verses there that I'd like to read. In verse 1 and 2, I'm going to read from the New King James, these two verses, It says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they'll add unto you. You know, after spending the first two chapters of Proverbs talking about the value of godly knowledge and wisdom, Solomon draws our attention to the word of God and the law. And it seems here in these two verses that he's he's reflecting on God's law and commands as he shares them with his own son. Mm. And so when, when you just read them out of context, if you just read those verses, it sounds like God's speaking, but here this is Solomon speaking and he's, it's like he's speaking to his son, like he has learnt to follow God because we'll see a little bit later about uh, Solomon being son of God or, um, he's being obedient to God. Mm. So he wants his own son to be obedient as well and follow God's commands and laws. Mm. Why? Why? Mm. As he outlines in verse 2, if we keep God's words and laws in our heart, or in our English we would say take them to heart and act on them, if you like, (laughs) it will result, as he says in verse 2, with length of days, long life, and peace for us. So this ties in well with what we'll be speaking about today, an eternal solution, that's today's title in the program. And in this program, we're going to look at what God has done to resolve the evil and sin in the world that we discussed last week. You mm. know, we talked about good and evil, light and dark, and in essence, we live relatively short lives. Okay, we say you know seventy, eighty. Some people get to a hundred. And we think, wow, they had a good long life. But when we look at the ancients in the Bible, they lived for hundreds mm, of years. Very so long it, time. Yeah, we really, really live relatively short lives. And it's clear that, that the short life is not what God wanted for us. And he's done something incredible about that.
2: Mm,
0: absolutely. Um, so uh, we're continuing on with your Are You Listening series. And... Um So far, we've been looking at the validation of the Bible as a trustworthy source. We've yeah. overviewed the contents. We've looked at who God is, what He's like. We looked at creation and the world He's created. And last week, we looked at why there was evil in the world. So, um for anyone who has missed previous episodes from the Are You Listening series, I highly recommend you, you you check them out. You can find all of them at the Faith FM app and the Faith FM website. Just look for the Are You Listening program.
1: Mm. Yeah,
0: sorry, I gave you a bit of an overview for you even though this no, is that's series. Good.
1: No, that's really good because mm. last week was a really big topic, wasn't it? Yes, you know, it was. We were talking about light and dark, good and evil. We talked about how... Uh, how the light consumes the dark. And that mm. a- is actually important for us to remember as we go through this program because we're looking at an eternal solution. Mm. We're looking at a solution that God's provided for this issue of bad, yeah. you know, evil, sin. And we're going to unpack some of those things mm. that uh, God has done uh, in this world, and the things that God has done for us to provide not just a solution for you and me, mm. but a solution for all the people that lived before, for Adam right through till he comes, mm. and it's a it's a big problem. You know, we we don't really have to take too hard of a look around us, do we? No. To to see how bad things are in the world, and even people who have no spiritual connection uh even people who don't know anything about, about god per se maybe even people who don't believe in god mm. look around us and say we have to do something different than what we've been doing in the past because we are wrapping our world up mm. running out of time you know they they recognize something big is happening mm. um, and and so this program <laughs> is going to look at what's the solution that God has put together mm. to fix this problem forever. Not not just for here and now, but forever.
0: Mm. I, I teach primary Sabbath school and we call it the rescue plan. <laughs>
1: oh, that's really good. I <laughs> yeah. like that.
0: But an internal solution, that's very um, – that, I love that title. I think it works really well for today's topic.
1: Mm. Yeah. Mm. So what
0: have you got for us today?
1: Well, what I'd like to start with, as we look in, what we're going to do is we're going to see what God has done about all evil and sin in the world, what His answer to it, and 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 that's in this, as you've said, the the eternal solution, title. Uh, mm. But first, before the break, <clears throat> I want us to think about the temporality of our own fixes.
2: <laughs>
1: mm. so throughout this um, the the program today, I want our listeners to be thinking about the temporarily temporality of our our human fixes mm. and compare them to what God's put together. So the question I want to ask our listeners today is, how long did your best repair job work? Now, I was talking to you about this before mm. we started, and, and I'd like to share my one so I might get some of the creative juices flowing for people. Right. Many years ago when we were leaving Perth um, to go to New South Wales and start uh, uh, biblical training, or well, to continue my, my theological training, mm. and to finish that, become a pastor. I bought a rooftop cargo box, you know, the ones that go on your roof racks and you put stuff in on top of your car. And mm. never having had one before, of course, I forgot that it was on the roof. Now... We already had a territory, which was a Ford territory, which was reasonably high. You put a box on top of that. It's straight over two meters. And of course we went to a shopping center and there was undercover parking. So oh. we always go undercover. Mm. Let's go undercover. And as I drove in that they had that big bar that, uh, that hits things on the roof. So you don't actually rip off the. Uh, the plumbing in the car park, mm. and it warns you that you're too high, and I hit this thing and I realised, oh, no, I forgot I got the box on the top. So rather than turning around in the space I had and driving back out and letting it bump again,
2: mm.
1: I reversed out. Because those things are heavy, it, it broke the back of the roof box. Mm. And I thought, great, we we're we were leaving tomorrow oh, no. and... Now I've got to come up with another $400 to replace this box. And Mary, my wife, said to me, why don't you just fix it? And I looked at it and I thought, well, it's got pieces broken out of it and it's cracked all the way across the back. But I can do this. I can do this. I'm an aircraft mechanic. I can yeah. do this. So I went to Bunnings and I got some Selastic and I got some duct tape. You've got to have duct tape in, duct your, tape. in your garage. Yes. This stuff is magic. Always. So I I would it all up. I duct taped it all in place till the celastic dried and I was going to take the duct tape off, but it, it it went so hard and it fixed so well I thought I'm just gonna leave that duct tape on. Mm. You know, that was twelve years ago. <laughs> that duct <laughs> tape is still on there. Oh fantastic. The thing doesn't leak. And and it's about time to replace the duct tape. But aside from that, it works. However, mm. however, whatever good solution we give. Human solutions are all too flawed, but God has an eternal one for us. So listener question for us.
2: Mm.
0: The listener question this morning How long did your best repair job last? Text us in this morning on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. You know, I've been trying to think of an answer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, I can't really, like, I can think of a few things, like, there's definitely some clothes I've mended that have lasted a while um but no not not a particular item so maybe you have some ideas for um for me (laughs) and you can you can help me come up with one um text us in this morning Mm. and we'd love to hear what what's your best repair job that has still lasted to this day or maybe it lasted for a long time Mm. text us in this morning on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. It's time for a break. So, our first song this morning is Morning is Self Existent God Eternal by Jonathan Andrew Cruz. Mm-hmm.
3: In In Thy hands, assurance hold
0: You're listening to tazzy Encounters on Faith FM and we have David Maxwell continuing his series of an etern- of Are uh, the Are You Listening? Sorry. His series of Are You Listening? And today we are talking about an eternal solution. Before the break, we had a listener question for you. How long did your best repair job last? We'd love to hear from you. Text us in on 0488 80891. So, David, we're continuing your series, and before the break, you said you're going to explain what God's answer to all the evil and sin in the world was. So, Mm. how are you starting us off today?
1: Yeah, thanks, Carmelina. Today, we're going to start by looking at both a brief recap of the problem. Mm. Uh, We sort of touched on that a little bit before the break. Plus also an overall completeness of the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God God has a complete solution. We're going to look at that overall completeness. <clears throat> and then we're going to dig into some depth on it.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And then we're going to finish up at uh, seeing how this solution impacts us. We usually draw that to a close at the end, and, mm-hmm. and that's what we're going to do today. But first I'll pray mm-hmm. for our listeners, and then I'll get you to read our verses for today. After. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you that we can open your word again today. And as we do that, we pray that you would speak to us and speak to our listeners in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, today I've chosen the ESV, the English Standard Version, yes. for us to read our text from. And we're going to read Philippians 2, mm-hmm. 5 to 11. And I'm sure as you read it, people, some people may remember uh, mm-hmm. these verses. It's a good version.
0: Mm, absolutely. So, this is how it goes. Have this, um, uh, sorry. Have, this in, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus,
1: Mm, thanks, Carmelina. All so right. if I, if I could summarize that in an mm. English, today's English sentence, that, that's pretty good English. Mm. But if I was to summarize it, the thought, Jesus is God. Jesus was God. But mm. he didn't just hang on to that and say, I'm God. I don't have to do anything with these humans. He loved us so much. He decided he would put that Godness aside and come down and live like us, be obedient to God and be a servant to us and then humble himself so much to not only be a servant but to die mm. the, the horrible death on the cross and as he did that god accepted that restores him back to heaven mm. and then gives him a name that we can worship today mm. that's a summary quickly of what that verses or those verses are talking about mm. so thanks for reading that My opening illustration today is called Number One Son, and many families have a number one son, you know, the special chosen one. (laughs) In our family as I was growing up, uh, this number one son was Gavin. I'm sure, I'm not sure he'll hear this, but uh, I'm sure he'll appreciate it. He he got most of the, the new clothes and then we would hand them down because there was four of us boys. Oh, yes. And if they were still in good nick by the time my youngest brother uh, got to wear them, he would wear them too. So we all had to wear those clothes. Sometimes they didn't last, but mm. usually they did. But he had to pave the way for everything. Mm. He was the first to primary school. He was the first to high school. He was the first to join the military. And interestingly, all the boys joined the military, all four of us. Mm. Um, so, you know, we tried to imitate him. And when he was, when we were younger, he used to hate that. <laughs> He'd hate the imitation, you know. Oh, mum, David is copying me again. And what do they say about, you know, imitation is the highest form of flattery or something mm. like that.
2: Oh, yeah, I think but so.
1: But when you're a young person, you don't see that. It's <laughs> just annoying and Even though we tried to imitate him so many times we fell short, I've talked to you before about the go-kart, you know, Mm, I tried to copy him, just didn't come close, you know, (laughs) his lasted decades, mine lasted half a day. (laughs) So, you know, uh, God, too, has a number one son. That's Mm. a perfect example. Although he's not a son in the way, in the human way per se. Now, Mm. I say that per se because he is and he isn't. But Mm. we'll explain that a little bit as we go. Mm. Throughout the Bible, there are infrequent references to people or people groups, groups of people, being referred to by God as his sons, in inverted commas. So in his mm. book, The Sonship of Christ, Ty Gibson, some of you may have read it. If you haven't read the book by Ty Gibson, maybe we should have made that the uh, the special today. But mm. the The Sonship of Christ which looks at a covenantal relationship between God and man. If you haven't read that book, get it and read it. Uh, even if you don't agree with everything, you'll find it very insightful. So in this book, he he draws us to the idea that this title, Son of God, is a covenantal title rather than a physical What that means is that when God calls someone his son, he's referring or inferring that that, uh, the person or persons, you know, like Israel, are sons because of their behavioral or covenantal relationship with God rather than their physical birth as a son and Mm. parent, that sort of thing. So uh, many of uh, many of these mentioned in the Bible, we're going to just take a really brief look at them because we always never have enough time. <laughs> uh, but we're just going to briefly look at some of these um, so it can show you what Ty Gibson's talking about. So Adam, firstly mm. there's Adam. In the listing of the genealogy of Jesus, interestingly, by Dr. Luke in Luke 3, 38, Dr. Luke, under inspiration by God, calls Adam the son of God. Mm. That's really interesting. He's the first son of God. Then Israel, in Exodus 4.22, God tells Moses to speak to Pharaoh about releasing his people, and he says of them, Israel is my son, my firstborn. Mm. Okay, well, Mm. if Adam was... Son of God, and he was first. How can Israel be firstborn? Mm. So, you know, you start to see this is not a physical sonship. It's mm. a spiritual sonship or a covenantal relationship. You know, we're in a covenant with God. You're my son. Mm. David in a number of places in the Psalms, uh, chapter two, eighty-nine, perhaps in some other places I hadn't found, King David is referred to as being God's son or firstborn again. Oh. So how can many be firstborn? That's Mm. really interesting. Clearly it's not the physical, is it? Mm. And this is the link that Ty Gibson is drawing. In first Chronicles twenty two ten, God also calls Solomon my son. Oh now why does God do this? Did God birth all these men? No, clearly not. Clearly it's a relational title. A relationship rather than this physical title of one's birth. And Paul actually re- defines this in Romans chapter 8. So I'm going to read this from the New King James. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 14 and 19, he draws this connection. He says, this is Paul writing under inspiration from God, direct instruction from Jesus. He says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Throughout the Bible, wherever it talks about the sons of God, it's not talking about some spiritual angels or anything uh, Although they can be included in the sons of God, this is talking about those who are obedient to God and have his spirit within them.
2: Mm.
1: They are called sons of God. Verse 19, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. And that sort of indicates that that title, although conferred on us uh, when we accept Jesus, will not be realized until Jesus comes. And I think that makes sense. So, why does God do this? Well, he clearly wants this relational uh, experience with us. Um, And each of these men, all these people groups, as we talked about Israel, in some way failed in this calling to be their representative sons of God that he wanted them to be.
0: Mm. So... Um, you're suggesting that there hasn't been anyone who has fulfilled their calling as a faithful sons of God in his yeah. eyes.
1: It sounds like it, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. But no, it's it's just that those mentioned already, um, you know, David, Adam, Israel, uh, Solomon, any others that are mentioned, they failed mm. in their attempts to faithfully follow God and represent him. And as we saw last week, the overall issue of sin came from a being who wanted to separate from God. And God's desired that those who have um, this desire will remain connected with him. But that in itself wouldn't fix the problem. <clears throat> you know, if I said today, oh, okay, I want to follow God faithfully from now on, it doesn't uh, It doesn't fix my um, rejection of God before that. Mm. Someone needs to come and reverse that effect as we'll dig into a little bit later. Um, Paul, with a sound Hebraic, pharisaic upbringing he was a Pharisee. he understood that the sin issue came from the first son adam and he shares a solution uh, in in romans chapter 5 i need to quickly read that before mm-hmm. we go to a break romans chapter 5 um, paul is writing to romans and he says therefore as through one man's offense judgment came to all men talking about Adam resulting in condemnation even so through one man's righteous act the free gift also came to all men reju- resulting in justification of life we'll have to dig into that more after the break but
4: mm.
1: here Adam is uh, sorry Paul is com- com- comparing Adam's failure with Jesus successes mm. showing that Jesus obedience and sacrifice reverses that disobedience and separation that Adam created for mankind
0: Mm, So saying that Jesus was the perfect number one son. Number
1: one son. Number
0: one son. (laughs) That's right.
1: That's right. Jesus showed through his perfect life that uh, a human was able to obey God and remain connected. But Mm. uh, we'll have to talk more about that after the break.
0: Absolutely. A reminder before we go to the break, our listener question this morning, how long did your best repair job last? Text us in this morning on 0488 double eight We'd love to hear from you Also, we have our book offer for today Caveman Theology Salvation Made Simple mm-hmm. This is by the lovely Doug Batchelor So be sure to stay tuned for that This next song is Not Ashamed by Carly Fletcher
5: May I a blush may I never whisper
2: Possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.
0: You are listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we have David Maxwell with his series, Are You Listening? And we've been talking about an eternal solution. So, David, before the break, we've been talking about how Jesus, the number one son, Mm. um, was able to show that a human was able to obey God, remain connected to him, and live a sinless life. Are you able to explain further why that is important?
1: Mm, Look, it's a very important thing for us to understand, Carmelina. Mm. And as I said before the break, those other men or groups that God chose to represent him all failed to do it. You know, Adam, Israel, or the the nation Israel, David, Solomon, and even us. Mm. So what was God to do to restore mankind to himself? Well... Throughout the whole Bible, the image of a lamb is used as a symbol of something that's innocent and without guilt. Mm. So God uses this symbol right from the fall of Adam and Eve to illustrate something quite profound about his eternal solution for our disobedience. Now, I would like to actually take some time to explain this, and hopefully I won't go too fast for people. Mm. The Bible says that sin equals death. And we have to say, well, why? You know, I do wrong things every day and I'm still alive. You know, God has given us a measure of life. But ultimately, when our life ends, we don't go somewhere. We talked about that in another program. We just rest in the grave. Mm -hmm. Because sin is disobedience to God's laws and commands. Now, disobedience comes from turning away from listening to God and going to another master and listening to them, either ourselves or someone else, mm. and choosing to follow them instead of God. Now, only God is the author of life, John 1.4 talks about. In, in Christ was life. Life was in him. You know, it's not in anything else. It's only in God. It's why we can't create life. We can put things together mm-hmm. that are living, but we can't create that life. If we leave God and choose a different master to, to lead us, ourselves or someone else, we leave the source of life, which ultimately leads to our death. Hmm. So someone might ask, why, not, why doesn't God just let us come back? Why doesn't he? Uh, why, why doesn't he just let those who choose him from now on, or whenever they are consciously okay, I want to make a choice now? Why doesn't he just let them come back?
4: Mm.
1: Well, to explain it, if someone steals your car, I had my car stolen once. It wasn't written off, and I wish it had a been. But anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> If someone steals it and writes it off, someone has to pay for it to be replaced. Mm. It it won't be replaced just because a thief comes and says, oh, look, I'm really sorry I took your car. Mm. Car's still written off. Either he or the insurance company, your policy, which you've paid for, (laughs) uh, has to fork out the money to buy the new car. Somebody has to pay for it. The Bible says the wages or the payment for sin is death. So when we sin, disobey God, turn away from him, whatever you want to call it, then the payment we receive for that is our death. Mm. Why? Well, one reason is that God is so holy, pure, and righteous that sin, selfishness, evil, disobedience, whatever you want to call it, cannot exist in his presence. We talked about last week about light and dark. Um, Exodus 33, Moses wanting to see the face of God. He says, you can't see me and live. Second Thessalonians two eight, it talks about God destroying the evil by the brightness of his coming. Right? Not not by anything else, by his holiness. It just gets consumed. It's consumed in his presence. So if we try to come back to God with our sin, we die. We mm. are consumed. So that's one reason. Now back to the car illustration. If the thief um, has someone else decide, or, or if there's someone else decides who's outside, no consequence, no involvement, he comes and says, oh, I'll pay for the car. The thief is let off the hook, if you like. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to pay for it. Um, he has the responsibility removed and the car is restored to the original owner. Mm-hmm. So too with our sin, someone who has no part in it at all, has to come and take it on themselves. They've got to take it off us because if we come to God with the sin, we'll be consumed. So they have to actually take the sin off us and the punishment that goes with it so you and I can have a clean slate. Mm. Now, given the Bible also says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that rules out you and me helping each other.
2: Mm.
1: And so... (coughs) sorry, Mm -hmm. and so we have this symbol of the innocent lamb.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: When it comes to removing our sin, only someone that has no sin can take our sin away because all humans have sinned. The Bible says that. Mm -hmm. So only God, who himself is sinless, can be the one to do it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, so um, when Jesus came, as the Son of God, to earth and lived a perfect and sinful life, he earned the right to do that for us.
1: Mm, mm, that's right. Mm. That's right. So w- when we look at this illustration, I think the lamb is a really good illustration. We'll dig a little bit more into this yeah, in our next section.
2: Mm.
1: But I just want to reiterate, look, I just want to go back and reiterate that a little bit again. So mm. we we have wronged God We Mm. have walked away from him. We have chosen to, even if we just ignore God, and we say, "Oh look, I I don't look." Some people want three solutions, so they they want there's follow God, there's um, don't follow God, and follow Satan, and then they want the the one in the middle that says, "Well, I'm not following God, I'm not following Satan, I'm just doing my own thing." Well, that's following Satan Mm. (laughs) because that's what he did. Yeah. You know, he chose to not follow God and put his own things into place. A created being wanted God's place. Mm. as we, When we talked about this, when we talked about good and evil. <clears throat> so as each one of us has at some point in our life chosen to disregard God, we ourselves have sinned. But Adam and Eve put the entire human race in a separated state between them and God. Mm. So Adam and Eve brought this sin, this um, allegiance to Satan on the entire human race. So while we we do need to choose to follow God, we still need that inherent sin removed, that sinfulness of human. We need that removed. Mm. That sin needs to be taken off us and put on someone else. Because if we come to God in this sinful state, we're consumed.
4: Mm.
1: I hope I've made that clear as we've gone through each of those points. So not only did Jesus' life come and show us that we can we can live a connected life to God. So mm-hmm. he came and he lived a perfect life. And it's interesting that he didn't come like Adam. So he didn't come in the sense that he had our perfect, unfallen, connected with God nature. Mm. Because we could say, well, Jesus came connected to God already. That wasn't fair. mm Jesus came in the state that we are now disconnected from God. However, he hadn't disconnected himself. Mm. So from the very start, he was connected and he remained connected.
2: Mm.
1: So he proved that a person, a human, could actually live connected with God, not using God's power mm. as for himself, but connecting to that power. Mm. And in doing that, his perfect life provides the eternal solution that mankind needs. And we'll have to talk about that after the break. Maybe we can go to the break a little bit earlier if yep, there's nothing absolutely. else to do. And then we can <laughs> spend a bit more time in that when we get back because... We need to understand why and how that perfect solution can be applied to us.
0: Absolutely. And I'm I'm looking forward to learning more about that after our break. Um, just before the break, a reminder of our listener question. How long did your best repair job last? Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We have a text in from Margie. Good morning Margie. And she actually says, I'm sorry, Carmelina and David. I can't think of anything I repaired. Unless like sewing and mending. So I guess you're a bit like me, Margie. I couldn't think of one either. But she says she's enjoying the program. So thank you very much for um, texting in this morning. We also have our book offer for this morning, Caveman Theology, Salvation Made Simple by Doug Batchelor. By beholding, we become changed. Doug Batchelor examines Isaiah's life-altering vision and shares intriguing stories from his own life to reveal the seven essential steps to salvation. If you aren't sure of your salvation, you need this book. The prophet Isaiah knew the simple but profound truth. He had seen the Lord and then saw himself in contrast. It radically and permanently changed his life. What, can he, what he saw can change your life too. The code is after the break. Be sure to stick around. But right now, this is Eternal Weight of Glory by Wendell Kimbrough.
6: Now the days and hours and moments of our suffering seem so long. And the toilsome wait and wandering, bread and silence to our song. Now our pain is real and pressing, where our faith is thin and weak, but our hope is set. Scars of Christ our we will see the weight of glory and our broken years restored. For behold, I tell a mystery at the trumpet.
0: listening to Tazy Encounters on Faith FM and we are finishing up our program with David Maxwell on an eternal solution. Before the break as promised we have our giveaway for this morning. Caveman Theology: Salvation Made Simple by Doug Bachelor. To claim this free offer, please text in the code listen 7. L I S T E N and the number 7 no spaces text that in to 0488-880-891. the code is listen 7 L I S T E N and the number 7 no spaces no spaces text that in to 0488880 Eight, nine, one. Do not did, miss out. Sorry.
1: Yeah, did you also want to read that little um, excerpt from the uh, from the, the, the Caveman Theology to give people a bit of an understanding of uh, yes. what what that's all about?
0: Yeah, I can read it again. I did read it before the break. Um, yeah, yeah, just so, to remind people. Yeah, absolutely. So, by beholding, we become changed. Doug Batchelor examines Isaiah's life-altering vision and shares intriguing stories from his own life to reveal reveal the seven essential steps to salvation if you aren't sure of your salvation you need this book mm. the prophet isaiah knew this simple but profound truth he had seen the lord and he and then saw himself in contrast it radically and permanently changed his life what he saw can change your life too um, be sure to text mm. in the code LISTEN7, that's it for the fourth or fifth time, <laughs> um, L-A-S-T-E-N and the number 7, no spaces, text that in um, to 0488 Double eight zero eight nine one, and you can claim your free copy of the book. I'm I'm so excited for you guys to get this book, just because I've read I've read Doug Batchelor before, and I'm a big fan. So yeah, I need to get myself a copy of this book as well. (laughs) Yes. Um. So David, before the break, you said. God provided the perfect substitute for us, um, mm. the holy and pure and perfect sinless life of the one faithful, perfect son of God, number one son, mm. Jesus of Nazareth. How does that really... Work for us then?
1: Yeah, thanks Carmelina. It's a really good question and I'll see if I can answer it for our listeners but first I just need to clarify something I said before the break. Mm. So before the break I was trying to draw this parallel and this distinction between Adam and Christ. So uh, Jesus was born like Adam in the sense he was connected to God. If he was disconnected he'd need somebody to reconnect him. So he was Mm. connected to God right from birth. However, he wasn't born like Adam in the sense of his perfect stature and you know um, flawless and all of that. He was born like we are in you know the year uh, four BC. Mm. So he was degraded. He was smaller. He was uh, he was influenced by all those other factors around us in a sinful world. However, he was connected and he remained connected, and that's how he could be that substitute. Mm. So I just need to clarify that. So back to the lamb illustration, and it balances with what we say about the lamb. Mm when the lamb was brought as a sacrifice on behalf of the person who sinned they had to confess first their sin on the head of the lamb so they'd put their hand on the head of the lamb and uh, probably say let's say they stole something i'm um I'm, please forgive me lord i've i've stolen such and such so the the sin sim- symbolically transfers from the person to the lamb Okay, so symbolically it's leaving them, and now it's the lamb that did the stealing. Well, the lamb didn't do the stealing, but the sin has been transferred to the lamb. Then the lamb, because now it has the sin, it has to die for the sin, you know, because of that sin and God don't mix that we talked about before. Mm. The sinner, however, walks away free from both the sin and the punishment. They no longer have that sin. Mm. Now, this is a symbol Okay, So it didn't physically happen at that time But it, 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 it explains a state of heart mm. And this person who walks away is now free to be reconnected to God without any sin So as, as John the Baptist sees Jesus coming towards him in the crowd He immediately draws this parallel between the sacrificial lamb the people knew so well And Jesus of Nazareth, the number one son mm. <laughs> And he says, behold, the Lamb of God so he draws that link. The the physical lamb sacrifice couldn't take away their sin, but mm. only the number one son, the Lamb of God, Jesus, could do it. Mm. So there are two verses that help to explain this transaction for us, and that's in uh, John three fourteen. Yes, I mm. said it right. It's not John three sixteen. It's not John f- three fourteen. Not the
0: famous one.
1: <laughs> it's before the famous before one.
0: Before the famous one.
1: And it says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Jesus mm. said, uh, look, remember that story with Moses lifting up the snake and saving the people from all those snake bites. Just like that happened, uh, I've got to be lifted up. So he's drawing a parallel between the snake on the pole and him being lifted up. So the snake represents sin. He is going to be lifted up. Mm. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, it's explained like this, For he, that's God, Mm. made him, that's Christ, who knew no sin, wasn't separated from God, was perfect, good substitute, Mm. to be sin for us, snake on a pole, that representation of sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in him.
2: Mm.
1: So this parallel is fascinating. Because, remember that it's someone who is completely innocent that must take away our sin. So it's not on us, it's not with us, so that we can stand in God's presence without the sin. Mm. And he talks about that a little bit further. Everything has become new in Christ. You know, we're a new creation, uh, verse 17, 18, 19. And it says, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ.
4: Mm.
1: And has given us the ministry of reconciliation That is to go and tell others That we can be reconnected with God
4: Mm.
1: And this Is eternal life That Jesus gives us Mm. Not just a temporary life So yes we'll die Because of the effects of sin But when he comes He is going to give us a new body And he will give us eternal life Mm. I hope I've explained that well enough. So I'm going to bring you back to our opening illustration as I close. Mm. No one could quite do things like my older brother, <laughs> the number one son.
2: Number
1: one. <laughs> um, we often tried. We often failed. My go-kart's a great example of that. <laughs> Jesus, though, was the number one son of God.
2: Mm.
1: He was perfect in every way, and his perfect life... And also status as God allowed him to take away the sin of every human who wants to give it up. Mm. He took it on himself. So now it's not David's sin. It's Jesus' sin. Mm. I don't have it. He does have it. He dies the death of separation from God that we should have died. Mm. And this then gives me access to his eternal solution, which is a life that will never end together back in God's presence.
2: Mm.
1: I don't know if you want to have access to this eternal solution, but if you do, text in Mm. for the book, Caveman Theology, and it will be a book that will help you get started down that path.
0: Amen. Um, just to remind you of our book offer, thank you so much, David. Um, that code is LISTEN7, L-I-S-T-E-N, and the number 7. Text that in to 0488. 880891. Be sure to join us next week on another episode of Are You Listening? And the title is Reflecting Jesus. Um, Mm. Did you want to give us a very quick primary? Very
1: quick five (laughs) second as we this Reflecting Jesus as we discover how living this reconnected relationship with God Mm. impacts the way we live and how we behave
0: absolutely looking forward to that one also join us tomorrow with another connecting the dots episode we have rodney first timer on the show we're so excited to have you rodney um and the title is god does not need marketing so be sure to join us for that tomorrow it will be with jason cook and myself for another connecting the dots episode remember god is speaking but are you listening this next song is what a day that will be by chosen thank you david
1: Thanks, Kamalina.
7: There is coming a day Where no heartache shall come No more clouds in the sky No more tears to in the eyes All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore, what a day, glorious day that will be! What
8: a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see when I love upon his face the one who saved me by his grace and when he takes me by the
7: Be no sorrows there, no more burdens to bear, no more sickness, no more pain, no more parting over there and forever. for me What a day glorious day that will be What
8: a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see When I look upon His face the one who saved
7: the one who died for me. What a day, glorious day, that will be